Welcome to the Half Hill Report, news and items of interest for and about the village of Half Hill, the Valley of the Four Winds, Pandaria, and all of Azeroth. Half Hill Report is produced in cooperation with Half Hill Agricultural College, dedicated to serving the educational needs of the greater Valley of the Four Winds community. I'm your host, Tosh Mafuni, coming to you live from Farmer Yoon's Farm, conveniently located just down the path from Half Hill's own Lazy Turnip Inn. Before I get to the listener letter this week, I have a special message for my father and all the fathers listening. You know, I wouldn't be who I am today without the love, support, and guidance that I've gotten from my father. I know I didn't turn out to be the farmer my dad wanted me to be, but hey, at least I'm not living at home. So, to my father and to all you fathers and father figures out there, thanks. And now, it's listener letter time. This week's letter is from, oh, it's from uh, Gina Mudclaw, quartermaster of the Tillers and manager of Half Hill Market. And she writes, Dear Tash Mafuni, on behalf of all the Tillers, I want to say congratulations on taking over the management of Sunsong Ranch. Well, thank you, Gina. We all admire the we all admire the courage it must have taken for you to do this, especially given your somewhat unremarkable reputation as a farmer. Ow. Well, she's not wrong. We would like to offer some guidance and corrections to you. First, your initial deliveries of produce were appreciated, but there were some issues. Uh-oh. Setting aside the poor quality of the produce itself... A number of your work orders went to the wrong people? What? You can imagine the disappointment and confusion when the shadow pan received the striped melons that were meant for the august celestials. Not only are striped melons a poor substitute for green cabbages in shadow pan cabbage soup. Yeah, I can see that. Green cabbages make rather poor training targets for the trainees at the Temple of the Red Crane. Oh, dear. So now we have hungry Pandarans in the shadow pan and red crane trainees who are behind in their training. Please try to pay closer attention to these important matters. Sincerely, Gina Mudclaw. Well, great. You know, honestly, I have no idea how that could have happened. You know, I have have the work orders right here. Look, the August Celestials were picking up their order on two... Oh, no. They were supposed to be Wednesday. The shadow pan was Tuesday. Oh. oh, I think I better check the order I left for pickup by the Claxi today. I, I definitely don't want them mad at me. Thanks for writing. And now, on with the news. Trolls, troll supporters, and troll allies from all over Azeroth gathered yesterday for Azeroth's annual Running of the Trolls charity event. Half-Hill's own sports reporter Jan Ironchin covered this event for us, and we'll have that report for you later in the show. We're introducing a new editorial feature this week that we're calling A Small Town View. When the show was more closely associated with Half-Hill Ag, honestly, we had to be a little more cautious with editorial content. But, now that I've graduated, I've got a little more freedom for this. So this week, 
I'd like to talk about the Forsaken. Two weeks ago, we reported on the formation of the Desolate Council as the new leadership for the Forsaken, filling the gap left by the charismatic but highly divisive leader Sylvanas Windrunner this council of leaders bring differing experiences in their journey to becoming Forsaken, particularly in the case of Lillian Voss and Kalia Menethil. And one would assume, therefore, differing thoughts on the best path for the future of their people. I, for one, applaud their willingness to establish a form of leadership that will actively seek out diversity of thought and bring the best ideas to the table, regardless of the source, rather than bowing to a single charismatic leader. It's hard to predict at this point whether they will be successful, but it is clear that with this bold leadership move, the Forsaken are ready to assume a new and hopefully better place in Azeroth. At least that's how I see it from a small town view. The news is brought to you in part by the Red Crane Society, who remind us that we're all in this together. That music can mean only one thing. It's time for Jan's Huddle with our very own sports reporter, Jan Ironchin. Brought to you by Moonberry Juice. As we reported in the news segment, Jan covered the annual running of the trolls and sent in this recorded report. So, take it away, Jan. And Ironchin here. And as you can hear, I'm in the midst of one heck of a party in Silvermoon City. And I'm surrounded by one of the most colorful and animated groups I've ever had the pleasure to be around. This all started in the Echo Isles off the coast of Duratar. And boy, there was quite a beach party going on there, too. I, you know, I don't think I've ever seen so many rainbows. And you know, even though pretty much everyone there was a troll, they were really accepting of me and Irie, even though we were Pandarans. As a matter of fact, I felt like this whole thing was about being accepting, which was good, honestly, because, boy, I thought the gnome run was tough. This one seemed a lot longer, with more swimming, at, at least at the beginning, and boy, are those trolls in shape. I mean, they weren't just in shape, they were in troll shape, if you know what I mean, and I had a bit of a time keeping up, but you know what was nice? There seemed to be a real effort by a lot of groups to wait at places for the slower folks, which I really appreciated. And you know, I probably should have listened to Irene and gotten hydrated, because that run through Duratar was tough. Fortunately, someone in front of us was nice enough to leave water barrels. Just another example of really how nice everyone there was. But you know what confused me? There must have been some kind of a rift in the space-time continuum, because when we took the portal in Orgrimmar to the Undercity in Lordaeron, everything there seemed fine, which was weird. But I didn't have time to think about it. Just keeping up was a challenge, like I said. But you know, from there, everything went pretty smooth. The run through the Plaguelands was fine, which may be the weirdest thing I've ever said. After the Ghostlands, it was into the beautiful Eversong Woods and finally here to Silvermoon City. And hey, you know what Irie told me when she was strong-arming me? Uh, I mean, asking me to participate? This whole thing was for a really important charity, which made it even better. Well, that's it for me this week. This is Jan Ironchin reminding you to keep your eye on the ball and your paws on the ground.
thanks, Jan. Rift in the space-time continuum? What in... Whatever. Well, as Jan said, the running of the trolls is a charity event. So stay tuned after the show on how you can contribute. Jan's Huddle is sponsored by Moonberry Juice. Sold everywhere, used by everyone. Hey folks, you'll find your own rainbow of goods and services when you shop with the fine vendors of Half Hill Market. Whether you're shopping for new recipes for your summer entertaining or anything for kitchen, garden, or farm, you'll find what you need at Half Hill Market at the best prices to be found anywhere. Half Hill Market, open every day all year round. A world of shopping right here in our own backyard. And now, the farm report. Jogu's word for tomorrow's crop is white turnips. The spicy flavor of white turnips add a kick to several excellent Pandaren recipes, including the popular for entertaining Banquet of the Grill and one of my personal favorites, Steamed Crab Surprise. White turnips grow well here in the valley and are a popular export to the Yangul in Kunlai Summit. The Farm Report is sponsored by the Tillers, education and support for farmers in the valley today and forming the future farmers of tomorrow. Checking the Azeroth calendar, Azeroth's hottest annual celebration, the Midsummer Fire Festival, starts in just a couple of days. So whether you choose to celebrate this holiday by collecting burning blossoms, dancing around a ribbon pole, or just guarding the sacred bonfires, make your plan soon to travel to your favorite capital city for this fun summertime event. It's time once again for our weekly feature, Wandering with Velmec and Demesis, with everyone's favorite Draenei travel correspondent, Velmec. And we're also joined this week by Professor Talib, and we're going to be sharing a recent experience we all had together. So, Velmec, Professor Talib, it's great to have you both here in the new studio. Hey there, Tosh. It's nice to be here. I love what you've done with the place. Yes, Tashi. I think once you get these packing crates unpacked and furniture moved in, it will be very cozy. Um, the packing crates are my furniture. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, that's fine then. Okay, moving on then. So... Why don't we tell our listeners about the adventure we all shared a few weeks ago? Sure, sure. So, Professor Talib and I were talking over lunch at the turnip, and she told me she was very interested in getting the new Dark Ranger outfit. To be fair, Velmic, what I said was that it would be fascinating to see what is happening with the Forsaken and Lordaeron, and getting the outfit would be a side benefit. Anyway... I suggested that instead of going with Demesis and Tilly, we invite you, Tashi, this time. Yes, Tosh. You know, if you're going to bring Hafil Report to new level, you really need to get out in field more. Plus, we didn't think you should end up with another Tilly gets into a fight episode. Yeah, and so you did invite me. I have to admit I was a little less than excited about the locations, but I agree, Velmec. The sponsors of the show 
do have higher expectations now. So I packed up my essentials, scribing tool, inks, blank scrolls, my comfy cloak, motion sickness potions. Hey, <laughs> just kidding, go on. And with that, we were off to Oribos, where we met with the leader of the worgen, the notable Gen Greymane, who sent us off to meet with Caliamenethil in Brill. Don't forget about the disguises, Tashi. Oh, right. Good point. You know, in order to fit in, Gen arranged for us to be disguised as Forsaken, which I wasn't too thrilled about. I don't know. I think it kind of suited you, Tosh. It certainly made you look thinner. Nice. But not the way I'd choose to take off weight. Anyway, we got to Brill, and boy, what a depressing-looking place. Dark and scarred. The Forsaken really have their work cut out for them if they're going to reclaim it. I agree, but I also have to agree with Kalia. Remember that she knew who we were and why we were there, but she still approved enough of our appearance to believe that by helping them, we were making for a better Azeroth. Okay, I guess I agree with you, but honestly, was it absolutely necessary for Dark Ranger Velinara to send us off to kill all those blighted soldiers? Tush, you know she was concerned for safety of other Forsaken. Besides, Tashi, I did most of the killing. Yes, yes you did, which was terrifying. It, there were four arrows sticking out of the chest of every soldier before I even had a chance to get a shot off. You know, Professor, someday you will have to tell story of how you became such stone-cold killer. Perhaps. Someday. So, once we got that done and Lillian Voss rounded up, who seemed surprisingly supportive of what Calia was trying to do, we were sent to talk to Master Apothecary Farinel, who was very excited about returning to the Undercity and his work. I didn't care too much for the construct that he created to eradicate the blight. I'm not really a fan of that type of technology. The consequences can be disastrous if it goes wrong. The final product turned out much better. I have to agree, Professor. Besides, it was a little less successful than he had hoped. A little less? Velmic, it keeled over after a couple of seconds. Yes, but Tashi, why were you applauding? Well, you know, Master Farinel did ask for applause, and I didn't want to hurt his feelings. But the failed construct showed that there needed to be a meeting of the leaders at the Brill Inn. Which was not much of in, you have to admit. But I don't do in reviews anymore. Anyway, like Tash is saying, while the Forsaken seemed to be determined to take care of themselves, Kalia suggested that Master Farinel's last remaining plague eater, a sad puny little thing, could use some help from the plague lords in Maldraxxus in the Shadowlands. Which I did not like the sound of at all. But not as much as you didn't like our next task, which was helping Kalia collect a sample of pure plague from the plague field. Okay, but to be fair, that did end up being very dangerous. I mean, the plague was bad enough, but having to fight off all those blighted soldiers? Come on, Tush. Kalia's shield protected us from plague. Okay, yeah, but it didn't protect my clothes. I don't think those plague stains are ever going to come out. The point being, we were successful, 
which everyone seemed very surprised about, especially after looking at you, Tashi. Somehow your nervousness was coming through your disguise. Hey! So, from there we are traveling to Mount Raxus via a connection in Oropos. And we would have gotten there quicker if we hadn't made it such a long layover. Look, it had been a long day. I was stressed and hungry. And besides, it wasn't entirely my fault. The tiny plague eater we were traveling with had a hard time keeping up. But we did get to Maldraxxus, and I got one look at the place and asked Professor Talib if it wouldn't be just as easy to buy the Dark Ranger outfit she wanted. Tashi, I told you it wasn't about the outfit. We were there to witness history. We met with Margrave Sindane, who not only gave us our next task, but shared some interesting insights into necromancy with Kalia. Which, honestly, I found a little off-putting. The magic of death? This is phrase I am not caring for too much. Yeah, but not as off-putting as when the Margrave asked whether the creator of the tiny plague eater had been purged. <laughs> I loved your answer, Tush. Go ahead, tell listeners what you say. I just looked at the Margrave and said, uh, let us get back to you on that. Anyway, I wish what we had to do next had been funny. The House of Plagues? Professor, I hope your new outfit was worth that nightmare. Tashi! I know, I know. Witness to history. At least Kalia cast a spell on us to protect us while we waited around through that awful plague muck to collect more samples. Yes, but that didn't help with plague rocks and slimes. Fortunately, we had Killer Talip over here with us for that. Velmik! Sorry, I mean Professor Killer Talip. <laughs> That's better. Although, Tashi, I have to ask, were you taking some supplemental courses before you graduated? No. Why do you ask? Plague divisor Merilith kept referring to you as his former student. Oh, right. Yeah, I heard that too. He must have been talking about some other Pandaren. Besides, the guy was half crazy, which is no surprise given where he lives. Anyway, collecting up the plague samples had grown our little plague eater, so we had to go test it out on an even bigger monster. But Professor Talib made short work of that as well. Yes, Tosh, and it's a good thing too, because I spent all my time healing you. Tosh... If you are going to do this kind of thing, you have to remember, green on ground is bad. Sure, because that's intuitive for someone who grew up on a farm. <sighs> well, from there we got transported back to the Brill Inn. And, like I am saying before, not much of inn. What kind of inn has you sleeping in coffins? I know, right? Not my first choice for sleeping. And from there, they sent us to Death's Watch Way Station to test what we had brought back. Who names these places? And it was from there that Master Farinel was going to produce many copies of his new and improved plague eaters using several large machines. Which were quite remarkable. A most amazing accomplishment. Yeah, sure. And I would have been perfectly happy to stand back and watch them operate. Unfortunately, it wasn't that simple. They needed to be deployed into Lordaeron by air via shadow bats 
and destroying the massive amalgam at the end. I found that quite fun. You know, Professor, we have different definitions of that word, you and I. (laughs) Maybe it would have been more fun and gone faster if you had opened your eyes, Tashi. (laughs) She got you there, Tosh. Moving on, eventually we did get to the much-anticipated witness to history, which I must admit was something to see and resulted in my editorial this week. And it was quite the adventure, and I'm glad we did it. Me too. And just think, you don't have to write a paper about it. Yes, Tosh, good point. Now that you've graduated, what are you going to be doing with all your spare time? Spare? Are you kidding? Have you seen that farm out there? And, you know, there are work orders stacking up all over the place. I'm busier now than before I graduated. Well, I'm just complaining. So, Velmic, Professor, always a pleasure having you both here. And I'm sure our listeners will be looking forward to next week's adventures. Thank you, Tashi. Dionys Akatash. See you next week. We may not be coming to you from the Lazy Turnip Inn anymore, but we're still in the heart of Halfhill, the little town that time forgot and the years can't improve. And whether it's to thank your dad for everything he does for you, or any celebration, there's no better place than the Lazy Turnip. And no better drink to celebrate with than a cold, refreshing Storm Stout brew. Brewed right here in the valley by the fine Pendarens at Storm Stout Brewery. When in doubt, reach for a Storm Stout. Thanks for joining me again this week, folks. And be sure to tune in later this week for another heartwarmingly funny episode of Make Room for Chen. This week, Chen's irrepressible niece, Lily, tries to make him a surprise special dinner with hysterically disastrous results. See you next week, and remember, make your own turnip. Hey folks, Tosh Mifuni here. Professor Talib and I want to encourage everyone to support the running of the trolls, if you can, by making a donation to The Trevor Project. Your donations go to help LGBTQ youth through important programs such as suicide prevention, advocacy, research, education programs, and helping build a world that honors and affirms every LGBTQ young person. You can get more information and make a donation at thetrevorproject.org, which you'll find a link to in the show notes. The Half Hill Report is a fan-created fictional radio broadcast based on World of Warcraft. All place names, character names, and music from World of Warcraft used in the Half Hill Report are the exclusive property of Blizzard Entertainment. World of Warcraft is a trademark or registered trademark of Blizzard Entertainment, Inc. in the U.S., and other countries. No copyright or trademark infringement is intended by the Half Hill Report. If you would like to reach us, you can find us on Twitter at Half Hill Report or drop us an email at halfhillreport at yahoo.com.